Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. It is time for the starting five, as we do every day, right here about five o'clock. Starting five at five, and we start with number five. I got five on it. Carolina Hurricanes not off to the start they were hoping for. Started off two and zero, right? Got the win at home, open home opener, season opener. Get the win. We were there. I was there. They've gone on the road and have lost three of their next five including three of their last four, including their last two. And they've done so with Andrei Svechnikov still not playing, although he practiced without a non-contact jersey for the first time today. Did take a puck off the chin, which gave him a gnarly gash that'll get stitched up and just look cool for a while. Yeah, welcome back to the ice, Sebastian, or Andrei Svechnikov. My, my, my favorite part about it, and, and this is definitely not Andrei's favorite part, but it's just kind of the irony, is... Taking a puck to the face is definitely something that could have happened in the non-contact jersey, right? It's it's not like he was checked into the boards, right? He was just out there, you know, participating in drills, which you can do in a non-contact jersey, and he, and he took a puck to the face. But as soon as he takes off the non-contact jersey, now he gets hit in the face. It's like there was some kind of force field around him when he had the other colored jersey on. Still, he's not back yet. Maybe in the near future. Aho. Hasn't been back yet. Maybe as soon as tomorrow. Uh, Freddie Anderson skated today. No real updates on on his uh, availability. Uh, there's actually there's more players uh, out. Uh, although you know you hope they're just maintenance days and those sorts of things. Um, although we should point out. Uh, let me make sure I get this one right. Um, Brett Pesci, lower body injury, did not play today. Did not practice today. We'll see how that happens moving forward. My point is this. I did think there was a certain floor for the Canes that was higher than how they're playing, right? We debated all offseason. Seven defensemen, right? They had they had, and and the top end was as top top end as you could possibly be. Burns and Slavin and uh, oh, it goes all the way down to the seventh defenseman spot was Tony D'Angelo or Jalen Chatfield. D'Angelo, you brought in this offseason and Chatfield was one of the surprises of the entire NHL last season. And oh my goodness, it's such we used to, we call them first world problems, right? My caviar is taking too long to get to the table. My private jet takes too long to refuel. It was a first-world problem that they had to choose six defensemen for their three pairings out of these seven luxurious players. We we, we talked about first-world problems. And, and because of that, I assumed there was a certain floor, right? If things go completely off the rails, their floor was pretty darn good, right? Because of the depth they had, because of all these different options. They have not been playing well as far as keeping the puck out of the net. Seven goals allowed, six goals allowed, five goals allowed. Last year, they averaged two and a half goals allowed. So maybe their floor, like their, their, hey, if everything goes crazy, at least we'll be this good, isn't as high as I thought it was. 
which inherently makes everything more high stakes. It makes uh, the health of their best players more high stakes. It makes the integration of Dmitry Orlov, a player who at times has has looked a little lost out there in his first six games uh, as a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. It makes that integration, that assimilation more high stakes. Right? When, when you have a lower floor, just everything is more intense. Right? The intensity is raised. Because if things go bad, they could go really bad. Now, you've been buoyed by a few things, right? Early on in the season, you had a ton of shorthanded goals. Uh, your your blue line has been going up and scoring goals. Uh, obviously, there's there's a time or two where Freddie Anderson, you know, plays very, very well and bails you out. I'm waiting for the Canes to wake up a bit. I'm waiting for the defense to wake up a bit. And I hope it happens tomorrow. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Offense has not been the problem. Um, the only times the offense and the attack has kind of looked bad is when they've given up these shorthanded goals that we've seen mm. over the past couple of games. But, you know, I, I always feel like there's some, there's some sort of – in sports, when you have the storyline, like for her, for the example with the Hurricanes of they have probably the best defensive group mm -hmm. in the NHL, well, then, of course, at the start of the season, it's, it's going to struggle a little bit. Just maybe, you know, kind of shaken awake sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, bet you thought your – you know, didn't stink. Huh? Yeah. Bet you thought your, uh, you know, your your head was too big to fit in the door with all that ego in there. All right, maybe. How long does it take him to to catch that? How I long? think I think as fans, we've also gotten spoiled with really great starts in the past previous seasons. True. But then also look at how it turns out in the postseason. So maybe it's just. Ooh, I see what you're saying here. Yeah, maybe you're, it's just you a know pre. What, you know what pre logic you're using? Uh, when I played high school basketball, if I was a knockdown shooter in the pregame, I was always like, man, this isn't going to work. Because, like, one time, if you if you brick every shot in warm-ups, you come out in the game and all of a sudden you're making them all, and you're like, oh, that's that's nice. So that's the logic, right? If you come out hot to start the season and you don't win the Stanley Cup, the next year you come out slow to start the season, you're going to win the Stanley Cup. Is that what you're saying? I I'm not going to say it just because I don't want to jinx myself again. I don't want to <laughs> jinx the jinx, but – We'll see. Are you are you that superstitious? You believe in that? I am. Really? You think? All right, we just stumbled into one of my pet peeves. You think like Brett Burns has spent thirty nine years of life working as hard as he possibly can. We talked with Mike Maniscalco, the voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, and he said Brett Burns came in only behind Andre Svechnikov in their fitness test coming out of break. He's thirty time thirty nine years old. The amount of dedication and work. It takes for that to happen. You think he's been working his whole life towards this goal, and and whether he achieves that goal or not comes down to like whether you set it on air. Uh, no, 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 no. I, as I, bon, I have this as argument bon, with everybody. As Bon Jovi he's, says, like, it's, it's my life, Tim. Okay, it, I, this, no, it's, it's I, unfair for you to walk into this because I'm well rehearsed. I've had this argument a hundred times. When people are like, "Oh, I got to put on my lucky jersey," I'm like, "Do you realize how insulting that is to the athletes?" That they've dedicated their entire lives to this sport, and then whether you you think whether they win or lose, whether they hit a home run or strike out, comes down to if you have your lucky jersey on. Why did they put in all that work? Why didn't they just tell you to wear the lucky jersey? I think it's fair to just be superstitious of any team that has <laughs> whose colors are black, red, and white. No, actually, I think this is a defense mechanism for me, because in this job I have to make so many predictions on air. And, like, I've done play-by-play -play in the past, and you have to point out when somebody's made 
their first 12 free throws. Sure. And then when they miss the next one, you don't want to feel guilty. The so commentator think, curse. So I think I've built up this this immunity, this defense where I just I rail against all superstition. So then it can't be my fault. Uh, with that being said, that's number five. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! On Friday, literally moments after we signed off uh, from our Friday show, Duke inked John Shire to a six-year contract extension. Adrian Wojnarowski had the tweet on Friday uh, that, according to ESPN sources, Duke coach John Shire agreed on a six-year contract extension that will take him through the 2028-2029 college basketball season. Few questions on this. Number one, why did they Friday news dump that? For those of you that, that aren't aware, in, in the media there's this phrase, Friday news dump, and what it means is if you want – to release a statement and you don't want everybody to talk about it, you don't want it to lead all of the shows, you dump it at 5 o'clock on Friday because by that point, all of the Friday shows are done, no shows over the weekend. That gives you 72 hours for new news to pop up and and kind of replace it in the news cycle, which is exactly what happened, right? If they would have released this Friday at 3, we would have talked about it in the 3, 4, and 5 o'clock hours. But they released it Friday at 6.30, or leaked it to Woj Friday at 6.30. So we didn't talk about it on Saturday because we didn't have a show. We didn't talk about it Sunday because we didn't have a show. Now on Monday, we got to it during the starting 5 and the 5 o'clock hour. They just needed to add one little extra layer of, uh, of excitement heading into Countdown to Craziness on Friday night. That, that, that's, that's what it was. I think, you, I think you release it on Thursday. And then we're all talking about, oh, and, and Countdown to Craziness is coming up. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at, like, I, I don't know. It just and seemed, Cooper Flag's going to be there. And Cooper Flag's going to be there. And what was it? Uh, uh, oh, what's the other guy? The shooter's name that, that just signed recently. He's got the, the five brothers. It's like not Knutson or something like that. It's uh, a name that I'm not even going to attempt to to try because I'm not ready to, to butcher it yet. I guarantee you I just messed it up. Um, but he's a shooter. I know that. Shooter. I always say the more syllables in shooter, the better shooter you are. He's a shooter. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, let's look at why the contract quickly here. John Shire gets the six-year extension. Why? Well, they're the number two team in the AP preseason um, following a debut where they won 27 games, 27-9, and nine, and took an ACC tourney championship. I don't think that's why. I think those are good. I don't think that's why. Don't forget about undefeated at home. True, which means nine losses on the road. Or neutral court, um, but I don't think I don't think that's the reason why. I think the reason why is because he recruits like a monster. They have the number two ranked recruiting class for this year's freshman class, and they return four starters. They return eighty percent of their scoring from last year, and they have the number two recruiting class in the country. Do you realize the degree of difficulty on that? Five star recruits go. They follow the the the, the shots. Right, most blue bloods with all their one and dones in and out, in and out, in and out, they can look at the next five star and say, "You come here, you can be the starting shooting guard and take twenty shots a game." Duke got a number two ranked recruiting class to come to Duke, while also saying, "And eighty percent of our shots from last year are back." You might be able to wrestle a few away from Jeremy Roach. You might be able to get a couple away from Filipowski. But for the most part, you know, your four-recruit class is going to have to fight over the 20 remaining percentage of shots. Good luck. Really? 
That's a recruiting wizard. They have the number four ranked uh, class already, according to verbal commits, um, with some very, very big fish still out there for next year's freshman class, one of which you just heard mentioned. And in recruiting, I always say this, the long-term contracts matter in recruiting. You want your coach to be able to undoubtedly say, even to the recruits that know they're not going to be on campus for four years, you want your coach to be able to say, as long as you're here, I'll be here with you. Six-year recruiting contract or six-year contract extension that takes them up to the 2028-2029 season means you can look at sophomores or once you're allowed to talk to them and say, listen, my contract goes longer than, than you would even be on campus. You'll be long into the NBA. I'll still be at Duke. Being able to tell a junior you're going to be there six years, being able to tell a senior you're going to be there five years, it matters, even if they don't think they're going to be there. It's nice to know. Now it's about the next step, right? 29 wins or 27 wins is nice. 30 win seasons are better. ACC tourney championships are nice. I think an ACC regular season championship probably shows you had a better season. Uh, Final fours are what Duke counts. National championships are what Duke counts. And that's the next step for John Shire as a coach. And you may say, what? National championships already? Yeah, if you coach Duke basketball, you don't get to start at square one. Sorry. And it's the same is true for Carolina and the same is true for a whole bunch of others. That's number four. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. Sam Howell is taking too many sacks, ladies and gentlemen. He's taking too many sacks. Ron Rivera, their head coach, on if he feels their season with the Commanders is slipping away. Well, I don't know. It depends on what's the next game. And to me, it's really about how you bounce back more than it is anything else. With 10 games left to go, you never know what's going to happen. But you got to take them one at a time. You got to stay focused on it. You know, we'll correct these things. There's some things that, there are a lot of things that we can correct, a lot of things we're going to get better at. And we'll continue to get, you know, work at it, and we'll see what happens. Is their season slipping away? Probably. Is their season slipping away if they can't stop the pass rush from getting to their quarterback? You're darn right their season is slipping away if they keep letting their young quarterback get hit five, six, seven, eight times in the pocket every single game. Earlier this year, Sam Howell said, uh, well, you know, my, my last year in Chapel Hill, I got hit a bunch, so I'm kind of used to it. And then last week, we had Mike Glennon on the show. Uh, longtime, obviously, NC State quarterback, but longtime NFL quarterback also. And we were talking about the differences in bye weeks between college and the pros. And one of the things he said was, you don't realize it. NFL is such a long season. The bye week is so necessary. He's like, you know, you get to November, you get to Thanksgiving, and you realize how much of the season is still left to play in the NFL when you are just winding down in college. And and I think that's where Sam Howell's going to learn. Like, yeah, getting beat up in college for 12 games, it's a completely different beast than getting beat up in the NFL from bigger, stronger, faster athletes for 17 games. If you're lucky enough to survive for 17 games with the beating you're taking, with the with the physicality you're suffering from another six sacks over the weekend 
And that's not to mention part of the thing, part of the reason I like Sam Howell, part of the reason I like Sam Howell coming out of Carolina was he is willing to step in and release the ball as he's getting hit. Right? So if you're getting sacked six times and you're a quarterback that's willing to step into the rush and make the throw three or four times, I mean, those hits add up. They do. You want to protect your quarterback, you have to protect your quarterback. That's number three. Let's get to number two. Florida State beats Duke. (laughs) Next. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Florida State beats Duke. To me, this is the, quite frankly, this is probably the difference between a program like Florida State and Duke right now. Um, Duke is trying to level up. Florida State, for all of their the struggles they've had over the last 10 years, they are still a program that has recruited at an elite level. Um, they have name, image, and likeness support at an elite level. Uh, and they've they've absolutely owned the transfer port. And they've also kept, for better or for worse, relevancy mm-hmm. regarding football. Not That's no disrespect to Duke by any means. That's just Duke's getting back. Yep. Duke to is, that step of relevancy with their football program. Duke is trying to get up there. And and what I mean by that is um, there are probably, and I'm not going to name them but because I'm obviously going to forget one, there's probably eight to ten players on Duke that they cannot afford to get hurt. Yeah. Right? And, and part of that is just they haven't recruited at the same ridiculously high level as some other schools. Like, obviously, if Jordan Travis got hurt, Florida State wouldn't look like the same team. In the same way that Duke isn't the same team with a hobbled and or absent Riley Leonard. But the depth is usually the difference. Um, You know, we used to talk about this. I played at the University of Delaware where we were FCS. And we used to talk about how we would love to be able to compete with FBS teams for the first, like, three games of our season. Because that's before our injuries start to pile up. And as soon as we had like three or four injuries or one position gets ravaged, we had no shot. Meanwhile, because we had, I think at the time it was 63 scholarships and, and FBS teams at the time had 85 scholarships. So it was simply like they could sustain more wear and tear and still be good, right? We, if we got hurt, it just showed more. And I think that's also a difference within the power five between the teams that own recruiting and own the transfer portal and some teams that are trying to level up to that point. Like, the, the more and more Duke puts together seasons like they're putting together now, where they win nine games last year, they compete on national television multiple times this year, the more they do that, the more they'll be able to recruit. The more transfers will be interested in playing for Duke. And the more and more that happens, the more and more they will be able to sustain, like, a key injury for a couple games or one one position group getting ravaged for a couple games. Uh, but until they get to that point when they play a team like Florida State, it's just going to be tough. And you saw it, right? Duke was ahead 20-17 to 17 halfway through the third period. And and obviously the big injury to Riley Leonard, a little bit of exhaustion, a little bit of fatigue of such a big game. Florida State pulled away, le- le- pull- pulled away late in the game. But, you know, that's the aspiration for Duke. That's where they want to get. If you want to get there, recruit, transfer portal, recruit, transfer portal over and over and over again until your talent level reaches the likes of some others. Another credit to Duke, they're also getting to a point within a program where going to that game against Florida State, I'm sure that Florida State coaches and even players were looking at Duke's offense and Duke defense and not saying, oh, yeah, that's that's a good offensive group or a good defense for a school like Duke. I know Duke's at a point now where they have a legit good offense and a good defense. It's just like you said, it looks totally different when 
Riley Leonard's not a part of the equation. Mm -hmm. That's number two. Let's get to number one. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. North Carolina loses to UVA. That's a bad loss. That was literally like my uh, – it was one of those – like I didn't watch the beginning of the game, admittedly. Other games were on, and I was like, that one's going to be a blowout. I'll go back and watch the 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 condensed game, the replay prior to the, the show on Monday, but that's going to be a blowout. I'll, I'll catch the highlights. I'll flip back. Uh, about halfway through the game, I was like, oh, I need to watch this. I need to watch the second half live, and, and we flipped over to it. Um, not very good for, for UNC. That is a bad loss. And it's it's more frustrating because, to me, there were a lot of points in that second half where they could have, I don't been the been the 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 grown up team, I'm trying or be the varsity team against the JV, and that's no disrespect to UVA. I'm trying to think of the best way to to use an analogy here, but there is a moment where like, you know, I remember being in games where we had an All American running back at the University of Delaware. His name was Andrew Pierce. He's a great player. He's now their running backs coach. We had an offensive line that was very good. And as a quarterback, it was always kind of frustrating. But when we were playing a team we know we were better than, like just we outmatched them physically, we had more talent. And if we showed up flat, there would be like two drives where they looked at me, the quarterback, and said, you're just going to hand it off, right? We're just going to be bigger up front with a better running back than they are, and your fun is going to be put on hold for 20 minutes. And it was always kind of like fine, and we'd go score two touchdowns against an overmatched team, and then – you know, maybe I'd get to throw the ball around a little bit. Like, it felt like in the second half, the the game flow was waiting for North Carolina to be like, all right, what do we do best? Let's go do what we do best for 20 minutes of real time, right? Six minutes of game time. Uh, get two scores here. Get, get you know, go up 10, and we'll call it a day. And, and we'll be mad about it. We'll be upset about it. We'll be um, frustrated that we had to do that to get a win, but we'll get the win and we go home. And, and and they never got that win. They never got that moment. And that's extremely frustrating to me. And you do have to tip your cap to Virginia. Matter of fact, here's Mac Brown talking about what Virginia did well against North Carolina. Virginia Virginia played their out, out of their mind. Yeah. No, they, they really did. And, and that's why when you've got a team that's struggling, you can't let them get confidence. They had no pressure. So they're, they're coming in to have fun. Their dream is to win the game. If everybody expects them to lose, so they can go do anything. And they've had two weeks. I thought they, they changed a lot of things on offense and gave us some new looks and new formations and new motions, and, and I, I thought they really did a good job. So I, I don't want, because we didn't play well, I don't want to take away from what Tony and Virginia did because they did a good job. You have to tip your cap. You do. But I think it's more about UNC. I think it's more about them not playing great than Virginia playing great. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. 
multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.